1: are so you ready for rapid fire?
2: Lead it off with Kali, just <laughs> for everybody out there. Here we go. I'm fired up. It's Monday. It's Monday rapid fire. That's right. That's right.
1: So fill in the blank. Prince Kali entering the transfer portal. Vince is blank.
2: 100% expected. I mean, we all knew that this was going to happen. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. And I mean, he ha- he's been injured most of the spring and it was the writing was on the wall. It was hundred percent expected. And, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't either, he wasn't developed or he wasn't being developed, whatever, whichever way you want to go with it. He was third on the depth chart at his position. And I, I, I texted Brian cause I wanted to make sure I got the depth chart. Correct. Okay. Uh, he was, let's see here. He was playing Will first right. of all, um, and the depth chart at Will was, is Marist, Ziegler, Sneed, and then Prince Kali, According to Brian, interesting. So
1: I wonder where Kaiser fits into that because we've seen
2: more of Kaiser. Play right, Will. I think he's I, you know like is he just sub package,
1: yeah. not necessarily depth chart. Okay,
2: because I think he's technically technically still a um, a Rover. rover. I I think he's, I think he's technically still a Rover, right? But then, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. So he probably fits in there as well, which would bump Prince Kali down even further.
1: You saw what, you saw what Jalen Sneed did. You saw what Nolan Ziegler did out there. And again, you know, like it, it stinks because I know this, that Prince Kali was, was highly regarded and you know some people had him as a five-star others had him as a four-star coming out of high school and all that kind of stuff and anytime you get that kind of talent coming in everyone gets excited about him I mean yeah. see Jalen Snead, you know in the whole conversation with Jalen Snead last sure. year but just like you said for whatever reason he has not been able to climb the depth chart and in that case just like with Lorenzo Styles, it's the same situation the, the you know the, the the writing the handwriting is on the wall and sometimes you just need a fresh start and go someplace else and that's well, what he's going to do now so you lose some talent yeah. but he just you do like
2: look he's a good special again, teams player
1: like look at what Nolan Ziegler did out there Ziegler had 10 tackles out there let all tacklers
2: right him. and according to Brian he's second on the depth chart at both Mike and Will which right. is interesting so you know, Ziegler's got positional flexibility as well. Kaiser's got positional flexibility. Jalen Snead is going to play. I mean, he was flying all over the place too. He he let he was he led his team in tackles, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you're still going to see plenty of guys rotating at linebacker. Everybody needs to relax on the Marist thing, by the way. Just yeah, I mean, take a chill pill.
1: All I can relax. say about that is like. We obviously don't get to watch practice day in and day out, and what you know, whatever Al Golden slash whoever else season sure. Maris Leafal, they're they're seeing on a day in and day out basis. You know, like I, I don't think it's just the fact that he's a veteran. I that, you know, there's there there has to be more to it, just in terms of consistency across the board sure you know like fewer mistakes i guess and i'm not trying to make i'm not trying to make excuses but as people who've both coached would tell you vince you're not going to intentionally put the guy on the field who you think is going to play worse than you know another guy
2: and if another guy earns it he's gonna play like you gotta remember these coaches get hired and fired based on production and based on wins and based on how their position group Go. They're not going to purposely put a crappy kid out there to do a crappy job, so it looks like they're a crappy coach. Like that's not how it works. So everybody just needs to relax. Jalen Snead is going to play a ton. I think Ziggler is going to play a ton. Like even if Maris is the quote unquote starter, his snap numbers are going to go way down because of what's behind him right now. Yeah,
1: I have to think so.
2: Everybody needs to just just relax. Yeah,
1: like no matter what happens at the start of the season like a couple of these other guys if they keep playing the way that we get to see them play you know again and you don't want to overreact to to what you saw in a blue gold game but you did see some good play from those guys that's we know that and you know the thing about Ziegler is we've seen that from him pretty consistently in in a couple other practices you know those other practices that we were able to see so this is not a one-off for him we weren't able to see Jalen Sneed because he was injured when we were out there but in in Ziegler's case like this is somebody who they've been talking about since the start of spring that they're pretty excited about and yeah. you know the 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 just the, the you know the positional flexibility that he has to do some you know like you said he's number 2 probably at both inside linebacker positions and they've had him do some stuff up on the line of scrimmage like in that dime package and stuff like that so there's just he he is able to do a lot and it sounds like things you know just really started clicking for him at some point because he's out there making plays now.
2: I do think there's going to be as Irish in Ohio says a lot of rotating at linebacker this year, because there's so much talent and I I completely agree with this. I completely agree with that. Some of the young linebackers just weren't ready last year to have, you know, a defined role in the defense. They just weren't ready yet. This is their time. They're going to have an opportunity. I promise you they're going to have an opportunity
1: You know, I will say this. You know who was out there more in the first half than I realized? Because uh, I don't know. Did you like go back and watch? I any haven't of had game a chance or? yet.
2: No, I haven't.
1: I watched, I, I went back and watched most of the first half yesterday. And we'll get to that here in a little bit as well. But um, JD Bertram was actually out there quite a bit. And you didn't see him making a lot of tackles. Now, there was a lot of passing that was going on. Right. There's not a lot of running. And that means he's playing in space and doing those kind of things a lot more. But,
2: yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. we, were, we were both like, we didn't see him very much. And uh, so that's interesting that he was out there more than you thought. Yeah. So,
1: I don't know. We'll see. I I, I think, I, again, there's a stockpile of talent. Like, if you look at, at the running backs, the wide receivers, the linebackers, the cornerbacks, like those I, – I, you know, like what you would call skill positions offensively. There's been a lot of inconsistency there over the years, and you haven't seen, you know, like they've been fortunate to have like a Will Fuller or, sure. you know, like a guy or two at a time, but you're you're starting to see stockpiles of talent in all yep. of those groups right now,
2: and it's, it's very exciting to see, I think. And that's the other thing, and I, I can't remember if I said it on this show or if I said it with – I don't even remember. It all runs together, but basically – if you want to be, and I, when I say you want to be, if you, if you want to follow a team that is a high-level recruiting team and they're going to stockpile all these guys, then you better get used to guys hitting the transfer portal. And guys that you may have been excited about at one point or another, not just depth piece guys, guys that, like a Prince Kali, for example, guys that you are excited about that you wanted on the field are transferring out because they're victims of the depth chart. That's going to happen. And you need to be okay with that. You could be upset. You could be disappointed. I'm totally fine with that. But you need to expect, because there's only so many snaps. There's only so many footballs to get in your hands. You know, guys are going to Trent Lorenzo Styles, uh, Prince Kali. Like, those are guys that I think we all thought were probably going to be some dudes on this team. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to be playing for somebody else. You, you just have to... Understand that if you're going to be a high-level recruiting organization, some guys are going to leave. It's just the way it is.
1: Green guy one eleven is asking if uh, they're going to the portal for a safety. I, I would imagine. I, I, would I don't think see that how that's going to be top of the list. I saw Michigan safety entered the transfer portal today. You know, and I it's like a, with springs. You know, everyone Michigan's been done with their spring for a while, but yeah, with all these springs wrapping up, did you see that? Now, this is as of a couple of hours ago, since the end of the, you know, big hoopla Colorado spring game, 15 more players from Colorado (laughs) have entered the portal just in the two days
2: since the spring game. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Can't say I'm all that surprised, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, it's, that's a, I'm sorry, everybody who's a Dion fan, that's an S show. (laughs) Out there. <laughs> well, I mean, and it's going to be that way for a while. He,
1: you know, came in the door, you know, yeah. he's got his own luggage and all that stuff. And he told him, you know, go find someplace else. He, he's going to be mining the portal. I'm going to be really curious to see what his roster, like, like what the composition is, you know, guys who were actually recruited by Colorado versus guys that he's brought in once things open up. It definitely changes things though. When you talk about being able to, Rebuild a roster pretty quickly using that transfer portal. Yeah. Jason DeWilkins, Green Bean Casserole is the Taylor Swift of side dishes. Super popular for some reason, but we all know it sucks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I wouldn't say Taylor Swift sucks, but it's like, how, you know, it's always going back to that well of, you know, like writing about
2: the breakups. And it's like, all I right. mean, she's super popular. My, bo- my boss and my colleague are obsessed of, you should have seen them the day that those tickets went on sale like walking around with their laptops you know getting into the queue to buy their tickets you know obsessed I don't I don't I don't see it Yeah.
1: okay so the other guy who entered the portal Lorenzo Styles we touched on it a little bit. And Marcus Free here's what Marcus Freeman had to say about that transfer. It came up in his post-Blue Gold press conference.
3: He just came
1: and said he's going to enter the transfer portal. And uh, you, you wish him all the best, you know. And, and like I, the only thing I told him and his father was is just, I hate losing out on an opportunity to get a Notre Dame degree.
0: That's the only thing is
1: that, you know we all of our players chase this NFL dream and chase this dream of of starting and playing a lot of football and major college football and and that can be achieved but the the degree from Notre Dame is is truly
0: something special and um, I want that for every one of my players because I believe an education from Notre Dame a degree from Notre Dame will take care of you the rest
1: of your life and uh, that's what I wish for all of our kids that come through this program but we love Zoe. I, I love Zoe. And, um, I wish him all the best. So there's the final word from Marcus Freeman in Chi town was asking if there is, uh, you know, if anyone knows if Staus is leaving with his degree, because if he's not, it's ridiculous because I can't see him making the NFL. I mean, you heard from Marcus, Freeman. Marcus Freeman actually sounded a little emotional there. I, I don't remember yeah. what the look on his face was all about, but he looked he, emotional when he yeah. talked about, you know, not getting the And he's only been here for two years, so there's no way he's got a degree yet from Notre Dame. And, you know, you heard Freeman say there that that's what he's going to miss out on is the chance to get that degree.
2: Yep. And he was obviously emotional about it. I bet you the conversation that he had, he said he talked to his dad. I bet it was a three-way conversation. Mm -hmm. I bet it was emotional to make a decision like that. I bet you it was emotional because, again, I think we all expected big things from Lorenzo Styles this past year. And if he has the season like we all thought he was going to have, there's no way he's leaving right there's no way these freshmen are catching up to him the way that they are there's no way that he's sliding down the depth chart and contemplating a position switch to defense i mean i'm sure it's very emotional from where he was a year ago to where he is now it's completely different that's honestly that's kind of sad especially considering where he's probably headed sad yeah
1: i agree i agree anthony solomon thanks for the super chat my man overreaction Sam Hartman will throw for 50 touchdowns in the regular season and 4,900 yards. Yes, that uh, that might be a really good overreaction, actually. You might you might have that overreaction set just right. That's right.
2: 50's a lot. Uh, that's definitely an overreaction. I would say cut that down by about 10 to 15. 15? Let's say 15. I'd and give then, him a
1: chance for 40. I'd give
2: him a I chance. I do too. That's why it's like 10 to 15. I think yeah. upper 30s is very doable. I really do. Yeah. And then, as far as the yards are concerned, what do you think? 3,000? Well, I, I guess I, I got to put it in perspective. Do I you don't know, know how, how many to... like Jack Cone had? Or like, Pine only had a little over 2,000, off... right?
1: I was going to say, off the top of my head, Cone had somewhere around 3,000, I okay. think. Um... I just think because of the rushing game like that's still going to be a factor and so that's going to cut down I think on the opportunity for for like big numbers like that but I could see him around 4,000 by the time it's all said and done including the bowl game for sure
2: sure yeah absolutely if he's healthy the whole way there's definitely some games where you can pile up some yardage you know but if they do it right he shouldn't be in the whole game either I mean there's there's, there is you know yeah all these different factors right like if Sam Hartman's playing the entire game against Navy, against Tennessee State, you know, like th- there's a problem. Like there's a problem, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, uh, I think your timeline might be off. Shy Town Styles is only here for two years. Yeah, he was a here true year sophomore the COVID season. Yeah,
2: He's was a true sophomore this year, so there is no COVID year for him. Right. Right. So.
1: Um. There was another question that I was gonna pull out of the chat here. i um thoughts on how the new coaching staff is carrying out their assignments. I don't really you know, like I mean, uh, other than the fact that they all like I think we've seen good development from the players. Yeah. You know, other than that, you know, I don't know what specific assignments you might be talking well, about.
2: Well, I think uh like Al Washington and Al Golden are definitely more active on the recruiting trail than they've been yeah. in you know, in the last year. Right. So I think that's good. I think that, I think whether they had like a, you know, a meeting with Marcus Freeman or whatever happened, they're more active, which is fantastic. I think you can see development across the board at all the positions. And so I think that's important. So, yeah, I think right now I would take this coaching staff over the coaching staff that was here two, three years ago. Like I like the coaching staff that that is here. So yeah, I think they're doing a good job. I think it's a good group.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't disagree with it. And I I feel like you know there was a lot of heat on Al Washington, you know, both yes, there recruiting was. recruiting and developmentally. Rightfully and so. I think I think, yeah, rightfully so. And I think yeah. on both counts he has stepped up and everything, you know, like when you look, for example, at the development of a Jason Anye and some of these other guys, you know, new faces on the defensive line. I I think that uh, he's, he stepped up. I, I think that it, at least for now, it's an incomplete because what do you, when do you have to see it during the season? Sure. But uh, I think at least for now, he's, he's pointed in the right direction.
2: Yep. I completely agree. Completely agree.
1: Yeah. Irish in Ohio. Would we like to see great house return punts this fall? What do you think about that
2: prospect? I think that's a great opportunity to get him on the field you know, because he still is a true freshman. But if you have him returning punts, now he's getting on the field almost as like a starter, right? I mean, you're starting on special teams. So I think that's a great opportunity for him to start, you know, feeling the, D, the D1 football world and, and figuring it all out. And and I, I think that's a great opportunity to get the ball in his hands.
1: I think so as well. And I can't remember the, la- the last practice we were at, I want to say I don't. I don't believe he was back there returning punts. I know that there were some other guys. I can't remember if Braylon James was part of that group or not. You know, there was a handful of guys back there. I, I know. I believe Merriweather and Tyree were back there. I can't. I don't. I don't think the Great House was. But I wonder if they've auditioned him because I agree. I think that that would be a good opportunity to get him out there on the field. Yep. All right. So you want to talk about the Peacock broadcast
2: of the I game? Mean- See if I can
1: really light this thing on fire.
2: So I will defer to you a little bit on this one, but I will say I like who they had in the booth. I thought they did – from what I can gather, they did a good job. I mean, let's be honest. I think, <laughs> I think the you... play-by-play guy could only be an upgrade. He's a professional. He does it all the time, right? Could only be an upgrade. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And as far as the color guy – Again, I don't really Kyle have. Rudolph,
1: huge, Kyle I, I don't Rudolph really,
2: did the game, which okay, great. Like I don't have an issue with uh, your boy Red. I don't have an issue with him, Jason Garrett. Uh, uh, I, I just don't think he's paired up very well, and I, and I don't think that's his fault. You know what I mean? So I didn't hear a whole lot of of Kyle Rudolph doing his thing. I've I've heard the play by play guy do his thing because I listen to men's basketball and things like. That. He's good. He's good at play by play. I assume he did a good job.
1: Man, these these comments are starting to come in fast and furious. Father David said, "Best part of the Peacock broadcast not available in Canada, so I could only watch
2: Ooh. highlights."
1: Um, Indy Sailor, they were not good. Too much chit chat, not enough game observation. It's a was,
2: spring game.
1: You've well, got to have other crap to talk about. I would agree with that for the most part because there is having having called. You know, there's there's definitely a difference between TV in radio. But sure. having called these games on the radio, there's definitely a different vibe. You know, I've called several Blue Gold games over the years on the radio. There's definitely a different vibe in terms of feeling like you've got to, you know, like oh, first down and you know all these, you know, whatever it happens to be. You're you're definitely telling a story. One criticism that I heard that I would agree with from what I saw is they did not talk nearly enough about guys on the defensive side of the ball it was mostly
2: offense offense so that's not doing your homework and that's right that's not
1: there and there was a lot of you know continuous talk as opposed to you know and and again like how much you really need to focus on any given play in a blue gold game when it's on tv and the pictures were there but there was just a lot of you know non-stop you know you know chatter and stuff like that they did bring in marcus freeman which was good cal hamilton Was working the game on the sideline. I felt like he did a pretty good job. You know, I I guess my biggest knock was like early on, the play-by-play guy said something to the effect of, "Oh, Tyler Buckner. Anyone around Notre Dame knows who Tyler Buckner is. So, you know, like, what do I need to tell you about him? It's you know, again, Mm. it's like you're you're broadcasting to a large audience, even if it's a streamer." On national TV, that's you're, you're going to tell me that there's no story to tell about Tyler Buckner because everyone yeah. knows who Tyler Buckner is. Like See, that's, that's not good. That's... that's the thing that caught me as you know, like a broadcaster of games. Yeah. It's like there's there's got to be some angle that that no one has has talked about. You know that, that you can tell me about Tyler Buckner. You can't you yeah. you can't assume that your audience knows anything. Now I'm not saying you, you talk down to them like they're stupid. But you can't assume what anyone watching does or doesn't know. There's there's always some kind of story to tell
2: out there. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's you can't assume yeah. that you're you're just talking to like the parents of the players. Like that's <laughs> right. That that's that's not good. And if you don't have a story to tell about the guy who's competing to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame, then you're not doing your job. Right. Plain and simple. Right. And this guy does a lot of the post game stuff on the radio, or doesn't he? You know, like he knows I'm the storylines, put them out there. Like, yeah, I gotta he does the pregame show. That's what he does. He's on right. the, like, the the uh, the tailgate show or you, whatever. They you'd call like
1: it. to hear, especially as many guys get in a game like this, you know, you'd like to hear just some little nuggets here and there yes. about like, okay, here's where this guy is, you know, in terms of you know, competing for this job or you know, where wherever it happens to be, regardless of a position, you know, and again, like on, on the defensive side, you just didn't hear him talk that much about the defense. And in in a in a spring game like that, yeah. what, what do you? What do you? What's the biggest thing that everyone's talking about? Positional battles, you know, Absolutely. like who's, who's going to end up number one? Where is this guy? And like, you know, I, I can't say that we saw him out there at any of the media opportunities during no. the spring,
2: so. It, and know? again, it's not that hard to have a conversation with Marcus Freeman. Turn on an IB podcast, something.
1: Well, where and, you're
2: going to get uh, some information that that, you can it,
1: that it at least sounded like they did, you know. But again, it's like your are TV, so you're going to get some one-on-one time with Marcus Freeman yeah. and probably some other coaches as well. But it can't be that heard, hard. We heard some of that, but not a lot. Yeah, you know? because again, like they had Freeman mic'd up. You know, out on the field. Sure, and they and you got to do that. Person. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah.
2: And you got to, ha- yeah. you know, having um, Kyle Hamilton as the sideline reporter. It's fine. It's a spring game.
1: Yeah. And this, Derek, at the very least, say who made the tackle. Exactly. <laughs> that's Exactly. Fair. That's exactly. Fair. So it and sounds like it was
2: that. a. It sounds like it was a very. Uh, I don't know. Student run organization. Like it just didn't sound professional. Which that's, a, that's sad. That's sad. Yeah. I agree. I,
1: I, you know, and again, it's like there's a there's a different feel to a spring blue gold, you know, type broadcast than a regular season real broadcast. But there's still information that people are people Notre Dame fans tuning into that broadcast want to hear something, it, at least little nuggets yes. about several different, you know, not not necessarily you know everybody, but you want to hear little nuggets. About guys making plays that you're watching out there. You've got You got to tell that story because this is much deeper into the depth chart that you're gonna than yes. than it's going to be during a regular season game. You know where you're used to seeing those guys game in and game out. You're seeing right. a lot of people that you haven't seen before, and you have to be able to tell the audience something about as many of those people as possible, not just yeah. Sam Hartman and and here's my interview with Marcus Freeman.
2: Right. Kind of you've got to do better because you're gonna have to talk about more guys. You've got to do more homework for a blue gold game than you do for a regular game. Right. The way I see it.
1: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Go to Bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Okay, so Notre Dame's latest edition of the shirt was unveiled before uh, the game. It was uh, unveiled last Friday. What'd you think of the shirt, Vince?
2: eh, like, eh, I don't know. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what anybody was expecting. I didn't see a whole lot of, um, I didn't see a whole lot of positive things out there on social media. and I didn't, wasn't really hunting for it either, but it, it's green. Okay, cool. The numbers on the players in the back all mean something. Okay, cool. I don't know. It just seems kind of like, eh.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's probably the uh, the critique that it says "March on to Victory" with the interlocking ND on the front, not a whole lot of fanfare on the front. Rally for Old Notre Dame on the back, shamrock and four players. Look, to me, the, the the only important thing is the shirt is green. Like, it is it's a green shirt. When the students go to the student section, they'll all be wearing the green shirt. You're not going to see the logos, you know, from from the stand, you know, from down on the field or whatever. Anyway, so it's a green shirt. Is it worth buying, as Andy as Sailor says? I don't know. But, you know, if you collect the shirts, it's it's not one that's going to stand out. Yeah. But it's green. Like, I'm just glad it's green. Because I, I think that they should – you know, I, I realize they want to mix it up and stuff like that. But they're doing all this green stuff every year. You need green shirts out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because they've done navy. They've done gold, you know, yellowish. Yeah. You know, they've done different shades of green, by the way. I like this green. I like the Kelly green. I like the, the more pop of a green color, as opposed to like the darker green. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they got that part. They got that part. Right. And that's fine. I mean, look, they've been doing this for like 25 years. There's only so much creativity. You're going to be able to get every single year, making a new t-shirt. I mean, exactly. So, I mean, don't be too surprised when it's like, Oh, they mean there's Notre Dame players on it. And there's a line from the fight song. Got it. Like, It's not going to be much more creative than that. It just is what it is. Yeah.
1: I agree. And, like, I was thinking about it. Like, to me, like, the colors that stand out, I guess a gold shirt would stand out. The blues, when they go blue, they just. It all blends in. Yeah, it all blends in, you know, with the stadium. Like, a white shirt. Would stand out obviously. Have they ever done a white shirt before? I don't think they have. No, do you they remember have not. doing a white shirt? Mm-mm.
2: Nope, maybe too close not. to
1: Penn State or Michigan State or something like that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but it'd be the first time that Notre Dame ever did like the same color in the entire you, you know, like the closest they ever get is when they do the green. out. that's the problem with Notre Dame. I shouldn't say the problem with Notre Dame, but like there's no signature color, yeah, for Notre Dame, right? Like Nebraska, red, Penn State, white, like they're you know there's colors that are very associated with certain schools no no they don't have one green i guess is the closest well, thing they, that's not they even a do, color
1: they do but they don't use it yeah that's right like green stands out but sure they don't use
2: it as much right yeah they don't at all I mean it's not in the uniform it's not you know it's maroon. I mean it's 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 blue and gold that's it and there's just so many shades of blue I, I don't know they just don't have like here's Here's what yeah. they
1: should do. They should like next year the shirt should be like a gold sparkly disco shirt. So like instead <laughs> of <laughs> instead of just a plain t-shirt, you know, because like the gold helmets right. sparkle, they need like sparkly flare on the t-shirts. So like those would stand out. Those would pop. Like they would. Like even if, on a sunny day, you would get like glistening off, you know, like <laughs> off. Off the t shirt, you'd have a hard time having
2: people wear sequins, but you know, other than that, you know, be tough, right? But yeah, I mean, it's just like you don't have a color, like if you're going to an away game for Notre Dame, you don't have a color that you wear to try to drown out the other team. Like, Notre Dame just doesn't have one.
1: I don't understand. Father David doesn't like that suggestion. I'm not wow. allowed to make suggestions,
2: He's not a sequin you. guy, I guess. <laughs> That's it right, as hands.
1: The Aaron Rodgers trade from Green Bay to the New York Jets is finally complete. It happened this afternoon. They'll uh, swap their first-round picks this year. Packers are also going to get the Jets' second-round pick as well as a conditional first-round pick
2: next year. So, Vince, Mr. Bears fan, how do you feel about this? Friggin' great for (laughs) many reasons. Number one, Packers are going to suck this year. Awesome. Number two... I can't wait to see the media talk with Aaron Rodgers on a daily basis, weekly basis. Something is going to, mark my words, (laughs) something is going to go down and the New York media is going to eat him alive. I agree. Something. And I am here for it, folks. Get your popcorn ready. That's what I'm here for. Number two, no, wait, number three, I just don't think he's the savior of the Jets that everybody thinks he's going to be. And so I'm going to enjoy that storyline as well. Oh,
1: I'm sure you will.
2: I will absolutely enjoy that storyline because the Jets are just always going to be the Jets and they're just not going to be all that good. I It's great, man. Like, it is fantastic. And I also think that, I think the Jets actually made out better in the deal from a trade standpoint than the Packers did. I think the Packers are so desperate to get rid of them that they pretty much took whatever the Jets were offering. I feel well, I mean, like they, they should have held out for some more. But They're
1: still getting – I mean, they're getting a second-round pick, and, you know, they're going to tr- – you know, they'll, they'll basically get to trade up in this year's – you know, in the first round Yeah, by two year, spots. And then I don't know what the condition is
2: for next
0: year. He has year, to pay
2: but, 65% of the snaps, okay, and he probably well, will unless he gets injured, and then that becomes a first-round pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I,
1: I think that, like, if if you're the Jets, like the comment that, you know, Rogers made a few weeks ago about, well, I was contemplating retirement, you know, and now I'm going to play. It's like, if you're the Jets, I don't think you're going to give up that. You're not going to be willing to give up that much more than what they gave up just because the fact you don't know how long this guy is going to be playing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I just – yeah, I'll just say we did a question a few weeks ago about whether or not this would be done before the draft. I thought that it would be because it it, it felt like yeah like the would kind of be, you know, the the line in the sand, like you needed to get something done before then for this to really work out. And they they finally they did. Yeah. I'm surprised it got done on Monday. I'm
2: honestly yeah, <laughs> kind of shocked. Kind of came today. out of nowhere, didn't it? Like all of a sudden I just saw it on Twitter. I was like, Oh, all right, yes, he's Officially newer and I and the picture I saw was him wearing a number eight jersey. Huh. I guess is because he can't be twelve, because that obviously Joe Namath. is a very famous yeah. number in New York. And he was number eight in college. So I guess maybe he goes back to number eight. I don't know. Maybe so. I'm sure he would say that I hadn't he's seen that yet. Twice the quarterback that Brett Favre ever was. That's why he <laughs> wants to wear number eight. Well, that's
1: I saw someone on NFL Network saying today that like they had never had a quarterback. The Jets have never had a quarterback of this level, you know, like D- you know, disregarding, you know, going Joe Namath because they mentioned <laughs> Joe Name, but it's like Brett Farf, you know, like, yeah, this is Hall the Famer. exact same, exact same team, like the exact same situation. You got exact Brett Farf, also from the Packers 20 years ago or whatever it was, you know, so 15, 16, I don't know how many years it's been at this yeah. point, but yeah, it's like you got Brett Farf. They, they've had a quarterback of this, literally, they've had a quarterback, the exact <laughs> same quarterback of this yeah. level. 4 they've both won a super bowl you know,
2: so. right exactly
1: all right well that is going to do it for today thanks for joining us on overreaction monday we appreciate you for sharing yeah, your overreactions and you know allowing us to overreact to you and, and vice versa we that's appreciate it. that's what we that's do right. i will we're overreact here. no problem we're here for you that's right All right, we will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Hit the like button on your way out if you haven't already done so. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great one, and we will talk to you on Tuesday on Ivy Nation Sports
2: Talk.